Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little sports talk, uh, because we got to do a little bit of catching up. We talked a lot of uh, NFL, obviously, but they're done. We're sure as heck not going to talk XFL, although XFL's been a lot more entertaining this time around than it was the first time around, i got to say. Um, I actually watched a little XFL. I, I, I didn't watch any week one. I watched a little bit of week two. It's not been bad. That, of course, was the voice of Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing good. Doing good. Good to have you. Um, I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and we'll, do, we'll just do a quick little XFL hit, and then we'll just get into it because we got a lot of sports and some little bit of pop culture maybe to get to. Um, the football's been better. I remember week one, 2001 or 2002, whenever the heck it was, with like Matt Van Scursion and uh, Jim Ross calling football games for some reason. Uh, but they definitely tried to make it closer to the pageantry of wrestling the first time around. Which I think ultimately was their mistake, plus the football was terrible. Um, this time around, it seems like they're doing not so bad. Like, I have confidence that this thing will last at least more than a year. What do you think, Craig? I think it's reasonable to say. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be an every week, week watcher by any stretch, but... no. For now, if I'm hanging out on a Saturday yeah. and it's on, I'll turn it on. Yeah, it was not bad football so far, i got to say. Like, obviously, it's, it's not uh, Here's the thing I'm confused but... about, because yeah. I, I, when I was watching it, I think the game was in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and there weren't many people there, which, of course, made it uh, very common with Chargers games. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I shouldn't say that, because Chargers games, the stands are filled with opposing fans. Really? Uh, but here's what I don't understand. Um, why didn't they, like, you know, they went to St. Louis. Good. That that makes a lot of sense. I, I totally get why you'd want a football team in St. Louis. Uh, but why are your other teams in D.C., New York, Tampa Bay, Houston, Seattle, Dallas, and Los Angeles? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, why, like yeah. why don't why don't you mix in some markets there where they've had a team and lost it? Like, why wouldn't you try the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you like you know Oakland doesn't have a football team anymore? Like, why wouldn't you try that? Why wouldn't you try you know places where they don't have an NFL team? I know it probably doesn't matter in the long haul, and you know you're, you're you might be able to carve out a different market as far as people who actually go to games. But yeah. I, that's just something I was thinking about when I was looking at the list of where yeah, the team. Yeah, like why does Portland not have a team, right? Like like Port Portland's yeah, sure. kind of an untapped market there as far as they they they, yeah, they, they have or, a basketball Portland. team and yeah. they they sell the f out of the the mls team in portland for god's sake right so, oh, oh that's huge yeah, yeah. It's so that's a city that uh, might show up salt and support lake, an xfl salt, team salt lake city would be an option mm-hmm. obviously like they have there's there's no professional football there yeah. uh there's no professional football in various markets in texas that are not dallas yeah. or not houston uh like you know why couldn't you do austin why couldn't you do san antonio mm-hmm. uh, just these are i don't know these this is this is the sort of stuff i think about why couldn't you do uh you know uh memphis Toronto. Right. Uh, yeah, Toronto. That'd Toronto, be... but like, like obviously the stadium series thing with the Bills is is been like tenuous at best. No, but that's so you just... do Toronto, but then you do be, you you play the games at BMO Field. Yeah, you know, and and you call the team the Toronto whatever the the like the Toronto Beavers or or, or whatever, and then people might actually show up because it would have the Toronto name. Like the, th- now, the thing about the the Bills stadium series is. Um, like there's not a lot of Bills fans in, in, in Southern Ontario, for being honest. There's more like Lions fans, uh, Vikings fans, Steelers fans. I, 
and Broncos I would see that here's I, that's that's uh, that's fair that there's a, a cornucopia. What I, I would say this though, I don't know if there's a team in the Toronto area where that has more fans in Buffalo, but the split is so much that you can't say it's a Bills fan area. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, like uh, like yeah, I guess maybe there's some ba- Patriots bandwagon people, but the point stands. Um, people are terrible people. And we yeah, oh, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want them at games or really even hang out with you. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I just think it's bizarre as far as where they've decided to have the teams. I'm sure, I'm sure they did, they did their market research. I'm sure they have the yeah. reasons for it. I just thought that okay, wait a minute. St. Louis is the only market in the league where there is no NFL team. That's a little strange to me. Like you, you had other options is the moral of the story. Again, I thought Oakland would have been cool. Uh, again, I thought, you know, you do Memphis. And I know they did Memphis last time, and maybe that's why they didn't do it this time, as they did it last time. And last time things did not go particularly well. Maybe they thought that the markets were part of the problem. But I just thought that maybe you'd have more people in the stands in a place where professional football is not something they have access to most of the time. I completely agree with you, and, I, and, and to me, the biggest difference between uh, this time and nearly 20 years ago is the football's been watchable. The, foot, but the football has been watchable. Yeah. They, they, did, they had one watchable game the entire XFL season last year, and it was a game that NBC was trying to get cut because it was delaying the start of Saturday Night Live, like that yep. one time. It was, it was so weird. Um, but yeah, the, the football has been watchable and, you know, some of it has to do with, uh, the original XFL used like shitty balls too, where like the, like the quarterbacks couldn't even hang on to them and stuff. It's just been like, Hey, let's just make it about the football and not about the, the, the pageantry of the, the should have deflated them. Yeah. Or maybe deflated them. Yeah. Well, when they get a team in Boston, um, anyway, moving on from the XFL, we got a cadre of topics to talk about including hockey basketball and i'm not ready to talk baseball yet save for one particular topic which is the delightful team that is the houston astros which would you like to start with craig houston astros please because i've yeah i've got a lot to say about this um what a god awful shit show (laughs) oh everything about it's terrible everything about it's terrible I mean, the, the um, latest thing today was, or the, the, the latest thing as of us recording this was uh, Rob Manfred calling a second press conference because we all know you got it right the first time when you need the second press conference, right, Craig? Right. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's PR 101. Always have two news conferences. Uh, so, yeah, they go out and do that, and it's, uh, once again, hilariously bad. At the first news conference, Rob Manfred calls the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Now, we live in a Canadian market, obviously. Like, we, we are Canadian. Uh, Elliot Freeman pointed this out. I don't know if he's uh, referencing what was in his column. But if Gary Bettman yeah. called the Stanley Cup a piece of metal, Elliot mm-hmm. Freeman's line was, he wouldn't make it back to his office. No. Yeah, he, he <laughs> Could you be... imagine if Gary Bettman just in downtown Toronto one day said, oh, the Stanley Cup, a piece of metal? Who cares about this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, no. Toronto's a bad example. Let's say he said that in Edmonton, Alberta. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You're right. Anywhere. He is not making it back to his office. Elliot Friedman's right. He would have been unmasked and killed in the ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. So Rob Manfred says that. And, of course, you know, Justin Turner and various other major league players are like, yeah. dude, <laughs> go to hell. Yeah, you Darvish uh, with the best <laughs> thing ever where he showed, hey, nice trash can when he showed the thing. You Darvish yeah. forever on Twitter, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, so good. So good. He's so good. Uh, 
Yeah, so calling the World Series trophy a piece of metal, bad decision. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it's all, it basically the equivalent of, of George Costanza driving around with it on the back of his car. Your <laughs> triumphs mean nothing. Oh. <laughs> this is George Costanza. I'm here. No reprisal. So it was essentially that, only uh, like he didn't want everyone to hate him. He just made everyone hate him even more. Yeah. So he talked about the World Series, though, as a piece of metal, not a good idea. Uh, he talked about uh, how, well, we thought about punishing the players that we couldn't. And you know what? He's probably right from a union perspective because, look, if you suspend uh, if, if you suspend Jose Altuve for a year, which to me is like in a just world, yeah. that's what would have happened. Is that Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, you know, pick a guy that hit. I honestly think in a just world, the Houston Astros as a franchise wouldn't be allowed to participate in the 2020 season. That 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 would mean me the whole the whole franchise. I think you I think you make them play the season. Mm hmm. Just because you need it for revenues and all that, yeah. but say, yeah, you can finish. You you guys can go 162 and 0 this year. You're not playing the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Great uh, that maybe that maybe that's what you do. Yeah, great. Uh, and just sort of say, oh, okay, if you go 162 and 0 this year, whoever finishes second in AL West, they have a home playoff series. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jose, the, the union would have agreed from the perspective of Jose Altuve this season is going to make $29 million. And if he's suspended for the season, obviously, uh, Major League Baseball rightfully would say, no, the Houston Astros aren't paying you. Uh, so then you're talking about protracted legal fights over, like, Jose Altuve's $29 million, whatever Correa's due, whatever all these guys are due to get paid. Yeah, hundreds of million. Yeah, huge, huge, huge amounts of money. So that probably was never going to happen. To me, if you're Manfred, what you had to do, and I know that it, it, people are saying, well, it's retroactive, doesn't mean anything. What you had to do is just, if you look at baseball's record book, even though they didn't play a World Series, there's no World Series champion in 1994, you have to just do the same thing in 2017, even though a World Series happened. Here's why I don't think you can do that. No, that's not fun. I know you, I, 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 but like, to me, that's just, like, that's the only way that you're not going to have everyone in baseball kind of out for blood on these guys. I, I, I completely agree with you, and I think that's what should happen. I think, and and I think there's a few other sports with our Patriots, uh, that should, uh, have, have some of their crap stricken. Here's what I will say, though. Um, based on what we're learning about this, Mm-hmm. Is you talk about Mark McGuire and the the the, the questionable decision there? I uh, Jose Ortiz, uh, Jose Ortiz, uh, David Ortiz was mm-hmm. taking shots at Mike Fires today. <laughs> oh, I, that was hilarious! That yeah, yeah. Good, no, like, scru- good scruples by David yeah, Ortiz. Yeah. No one baseball cheater has some thoughts about baseball cheating. You really need to hear. Uh, but like so, the, but the, uh, the, you, all the stuff with the Patriots. What the Astros are doing here is worse than any of that. I, like, I think significantly so. Significantly worse. Significantly worse. Way worse than anything to do with the Flake Gate. Was it worse than Spygate? Yeah, probably. Just because. Not by you know, much, you, it's, it's born of the yeah. same thing, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the other team. Spygate. Here's the only reason I think it's worse than Spygate is the buzzers. Everyone, the, buzz, hey, the buzzers would be way worse than Spygate. And also, um, Spygate, the Patriots weren't doing it in the game that they. Like, the Patriots were filming the jet signals the week before they were, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't something they were going to be able to use in real time or at least not effectively in real time. Whereas this, obviously the Astros were doing that. Nonetheless, I think it's the worst cheating scandal in North American sports that I can recall. And this is the worst baseball. This is the worst baseball scandal uh, since Chula show Jackson was banned from baseball. Yeah. Completely. I, I don't think there's any way you can debate that almost a hundred years later. Yeah. 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 Almost exactly a hundred years later. Yeah. Um, this is the worst baseball scandal since then. Um, and th- th- these guys essentially got off 
Scott Free. Yeah. Like AJ Hinch is probably maybe AJ Hinch gets to manage in the majors again. Probably not. Jeff Luna will never uh, ever uh, be a major league baseball general Alex manager Cora. again. Alex Cora will be by the time we're on the on the podcast this time next year. Alex Cora is going to be on the. Uh, the he's going to be managing. He's going to be on the. Again. You, th- you think so? Yeah. I think well, they haven't they haven't even hired a, a, a new guy, oh, right? They've got that true. interim thing. I think they're just going to tread water until uh, until I can get back is in there. Like baseball puts a stop to that from the perspective of by the, the next list. Alex Cora goes on is the same list as Joe Jackson, Pete Rose, and so on and so forth. Where mm-hmm. no, actually, you just don't get to participate in this ever again. Yeah, possibly. I think I think that because with that and the Red Sox, like I just think that's that's what's wait. They wouldn't just be slapping the Red Sox on the wrist. They've been waiting so long for this. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 going to come at them too. It may not be as bad as the Astros, but I think that Major League Baseball is going to say, "Oh, you, Alex Cora, were involved in both these. Forget it. You're never coming back." Yeah. Here's um, why I don't think he can do the uh, or one of several reasons why. I, like I and I completely agree with you. I think their title should be should be stripped. I think it should be null and void. It's 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 a terrible thing to say but it's the reality of what it is they just they 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 cheated so unbelievably horrible the reason i think you you can't do it is because then you you have to wipe out 2018 too and you can't have bad you've got to take the 2018 title away from the red Sox because you can't have um like all of a sudden the floodgates are open right you got to take away because then you have to take away the 2018 title from the red Sox, which again they also cheated i think yes they certainly did cheat yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, we're gonna have to wait and see what the depths are as far as how many people in the roster knew and how regularly able to do it how much in the playoffs were they doing you're probably right though you probably want if you go down that road you probably wind up having to vacate the world series two years in a row you're probably right because like it, it just it was it was so un yeah it was just so unbelievably terrible and and i i yeah, and then if you take away the title from the from the Red Sox, you get the potato faces coming after you, and and they will just never stop, and they're just completely relentless. But like it, it was, I just keep coming back to a text that I sent you two seconds after that Altuve walk off uh, against Chapman. Yep. I, I remember I texted you and I said this is the 2019 walk off to be yeah the 2019 walk off but I I texted you and I said, oh wait a minute if you listen to Carlos Correa the cheating only went on in 2017 horseshit. But um, then it went on in the playoffs in 2017, and Correa didn't admit that. Then it went on in 2018, and Correa didn't admit that. The commissioner's office didn't find anything in 2019. I have a very, very, very hard time believing that at one point, some point in 2018, the Astros are like, okay, we've cheated enough. Yeah, no, because yeah. we yeah. all know that if we've learned anything from Bill Belichick, once you get a taste, you just can't stop. Like, the, the Patriots can't help themselves now. They, they, they're cheating against the Jets in 2019. They don't, they don't only need to cheat against the Jets in 2019, but they still do it because they can't stop. They're addicted. They're addicted, and the Astros mm-hmm. were addicted. And I, after the after – the, uh, the, Last year, the, the walk-off against Chapman. I, I remember I texted you and I said Jose Altuve is the greatest hitter in the history of the base in, in the history of the game, because there is no way. Just like I, I'm a guy who I, I know a little bit about pitching. Uh, I, like I used to do it a little bit, and and so I, I I think about like the sequences and stuff a little bit, and I'm just thinking there's absolutely no way he should have been anticipating a two-one slider. From Chapman, who throws a guy who throws like, 102. Yeah, a guy who throws 102, a 2 1 slider, it just like 
Oh, God. Yeah. A guy throws 102, throwing a 2-1 slider when he throws a slider like 5% of the time. He just never goes to it. I'm just like, there's no way he's hanging on this slider. And I just thought that he, his reaction time and him, him noticing how slow the ball was coming in in that split to a fraction of a second that you get – and and he just crushed it, and I and I thought to myself, this man's the greatest hitter of all time because his hands were so fast, and the way for him to react to that um, was just unconscionable to me. And it just turns out he knew the pitch was what pitch was coming, right? Like it was just he he one hundred percent knew the nonsense about him saying, oh, I didn't want my shirt ripped off because uh, my 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 wife doesn't want it, or the the latest excuse they've come up with was he had a fresh tattoo that was super ugly. Sure, that was the best you could come up with on on. Uh, I'd not even short notice. He had thirty days, I think, to come up with a with a with a better excuse than my wife uh, didn't want me to have my my shirt exposed, uh, and 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 a bad tattoo was all they could come up with. So just like my God, it, it, it's like. This this is this is such a, a a vicious streak of cheating. Like it's ridiculous. Like like people have been stealing signs, but like when you get to second base and you're stealing signs, that's gamesmanship because you have to get to second in order to earn that privilege to steal signs, right? Like it's just but this and like this the, the stuff with the trash cans and, and, and uh uh, who's the dude on John Boy, right? Is the guy in the net who made yeah. all those videos and th- that were super helpful and, and and also like my like the sequence with Danny Farquhar is just like my God, just take the title away from them right now. God, that was ridiculous. It, it's it's and the way none of them have come out to like apologize for real. The uh, the Alex Bregman, who j- to me has been the most douchey out of uh, everyone involved from the from the Houston Astros standpoint, just coming out reading that prepared statement that the... Uh... Did you see Mike Clevenger's comments on that? He was on one of the podcasts, and he's like, this is the shittiest apology I've ever seen. Or oh, whatever. God. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. Incredibly just, bad. Yeah, he just read it. The fact that... And, and I think Alex Anthopoulos said something to this, and I don't necessarily agree. I, like, I half agree with this, but I also don't agree that this is a severe enough punishment. But Mike Trout... The guy who literally says nothing of all times comes out and basically get the did the parent thing of being like, you know what, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in the Houston Astros. And Anthopolis said something like, isn't losing the respect of Mike Trout enough of a punishment? And I was like, well, you know, Alex, you've done a lot of great things in your baseball career. Specifically, that has impacted my enjoyment of the game. But I'm going to sort of disagree with you on this, that uh, that Mike Trout being disappointed that him is a severe enough punishment. I mean, the Houston Astros have been so spectacularly bad and douchey about this. And so is Rob Manfred. And so is Rob Manfred. But they have been so spectacularly douchey about this, Craig. They have made Trevor Bauer look good. Think yeah, about that's think true. about that for a moment. <laughs> like Trevor There's Bauer. been a lot of like, oh man, this is good Trevor Bauer content about the Astros cheating. Yeah. And I don't like thinking good things about Trevor Bauer. No, absolutely not. It's it's uh, it's it's so ridiculous. They I agree with you, they should absolutely be stripped and, and just like and Rob Manfred coming out and saying they're going to give up suspensions for uh, for the amount of horrible PR in this is, is has been the thing that now for the, the amount of horrible PR from the, the Astros perspective has not been a surprise considering their PR guy was fired recently, basically for, for harassing women in the clubhouse. Uh, they brought in Roberto Osuna in, in, in a move that like should have been a red flag at the time about uh, the amount of scruples that this team has. And just like it, it, they, they, they're sickening. They're, they're a sickening team. Yep. I think that's fair. Ugh. Ah, 
Anything else you would like to say about the Houston Astros? Uh, yeah, I've got several things. Uh, did you Keep see Clayton Kershaw's interview with Sports Illustrated? Ooh, what did he say? Uh, well, obviously he was on a team that uh, I think they, they can. I don't think it's unfair for them to think they were robbed of the World Series two years in a row because Clayton they lost. Clayton Kershaw, teams. who in all of sports is the biggest um, regular season success versus postseason success. Yes. Uh, uh, here interesting to bring that up right now, right? Like, like he's interesting. He's, you bring he's that up. Four oh five Peyton Manning right now, right? Like, sure. Yeah. So very interesting. You bring that up from this perspective. Game one of the World Series in L.A. Mm-hmm. He's just cruising. He goes, I think, seven innings allows one run, strikes out eleven guys. Yep. Great game. Dodgers win. Game two, first three innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that the Dodge. Uh, I don't think the Astros get a hit. Yeah. And then they just start knocking him around. Fourth inning. And at the time, I thought, oh, man, you know, Clay, you know Kershaw has a couple of uh, bad situations order, here. Right? Second time through the order here. They've, they've, they, yeah. they, they've figured something out. I guess he's not locating anymore, all that stuff. Yeah. And then for the fifth, fourth and fifth inning, he just gets knocked around. And that's the game that the Astros law, uh, won 12-10 in extras. But they're, the Dodgers are up 4 nothing in game five. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Kershaw gets, starts getting knocked around. And if you look at if you look back at that game, like you know, some Kershaw stuff that usually brings up swings and misses doesn't do that at all. Yeah, going up uh, the wall for doubles. Yeah, or not even going up the wall for doubles, but like you know, the the curveball that drives barely out of the zone, and then the Astro hitter doesn't even take his bat off his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And at the time you're thinking, wow, they they've got a good read on this guy. But then you realize as you look back on it, no, they didn't have a good read on this guy. They knew literally exactly what he's about to throw mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, that's what it was. They knew it was. They knew. Hey, I'm not swinging at this pitch because this is going to be a. This is going to be off speed. I'm going to wait for a fastball, and like just again, I'm sure that Astros hitters got some legitimate hits during that during those two innings. I'm sure. But like the issue wasn't oh Kershaw stopped locating or Kershaw started pitching badly. The issue was oh they figured out his signs yeah. in the third inning and then they started crushing him. That's what happened. Yeah. And, so, like, you think about uh, you Darvish, it got crushed in, in both games in that series, right? He did, And yep. I believe in the second, the, I believe, he, didn't he start game seven? It was six or seven he started, I don't I don't remember, and he didn't I get mean, it. I'm looking it up, I, I have their, their uh, baseball reference page in front of me right now. But and I'm he, looking, he didn't right. get out, it was one of game six or seven, he didn't get out of the second inning. And you think yeah. about how Darvish is a Japanese pitcher where English is his second language, and changing the signs with that guy is most likely extremely difficult. Mid-game. Certainly, certainly, if you're uh, if you're uh, who is catching uh, yes, Manny Grandel, yeah, yeah, like, where you're, you're talking about two guys, second, yeah, second yeah, language, exactly. For him you're as talking well. about two guys who uh, were born speaking two different languages, and the one language they sort of have in common for both of them is their second language. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not easy. Yeah, so it, it, it's yeah, it's easy to see. And Darvish is a guy who has a, a litany of pitches, right? He's got like five or six good major league pitches. And they just knew what he was throwing every time, and 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 got to him. And I, I just remember that Darvish. was that was game seven. That was yeah, game, game seven, seven Darvish, right? Yeah, yeah. and Dar- Darvish, Darvish didn't get to the him. second inning. Yeah, he didn't get. The, yeah. he got like four. Now outside. that said, that game was in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. so maybe Darvish just had a bad night because they obviously didn't have the same camera abilities in Los Angeles as they did in Houston. Yeah, uh, but still, it just it's 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 ugly. And if if Kershaw had won. Game uh, or sorry, thirteen twelve. Rather was the final score of Game Five. That game was nuts. Yeah. Kershaw wins Game Five. The Dodgers come back to LA with, for two home games, needing to get one win. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know. God, it's it's uh, it's bad. It's really so it, bad. like it, if if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year or next or or sometime soon. 
I mean, I hope not, because I hate the Dodgers. So, well, not really the Dodgers. I just hate the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, I kind of hope they win. I mean, I, 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 I feel as though I feel as though in the take a penny, leave a penny tray, somehow they've lost a few million dollars. <laughs> like, uh, like when you when you get to the World Series two years in a row and lose both times, like that sucks. Like the Jays getting the ALCS and losing two years in a row, like that still bugs me. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what it was like with the World Series, and I couldn't imagine what it was like if I found out that two different teams were cheating when I got there. Yeah, uh, that would be something else. Yeah, I I, I gotta agree with that. Um, there are guys that would have been part of a, a like think about how much money and appearance fees and whatnot uh, you know Joe Carter is a bad example because he had a big home run yeah. but guys from the 92 and 93 Toronto Blue Jays mm-hmm. have made because they were on the 92 or 93 Toronto Blue Jays yeah like Dwayne how, Ward Dwayne uh, Ward's a good example Kenny yeah. Maldonado is another mm-hmm. good example like you know guy like how much how much money and appearance fees guys make because they were on that particular team uh, which gets remembered forever as a world champion. If you are, you know, uh, who's who's the who's the Candy Molinado equivalent on the uh, 2017 Los Angeles Dodgers? Uh, it's got to be someone who really doesn't have much. Is Puig of, uh, still on the Dodgers then? Yeah, Puig is definitely on that team. No, a little more, maybe it's, maybe more it's recognizable, but yeah, I, I think yeah. maybe it's yeah. maybe it's maybe it's Kike Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's. Like, you know, maybe yeah. it's, it's I, I don't know, Justin Turner's going to be kind of a long-term Dodger. But the, po- yeah. the point stands, like, the fact that the Dodgers lost that game, that that those that series where the Astros won two out of the three games and they were cheating, um, like, that's... That, that, that's going to change some guys' earning potential. Uh, it's going to change some guys' earning potential. Like, here's another one. Marwin Gonzalez was on the 2017 Astros. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's take a little trip down memory lane here and take a look at the Marwin Gonzalez slash line in 2017, uh, which is well, he slashed that season uh, 303, 377, 530 for a 146 OPS plus. That's extremely good. That's incredibly good. He parlays that into a 21 million dollar contract for the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Minnesota, and you're not going to believe it. He doesn't hit nearly as well. Oh, I may you pass. Oh yeah, I, I've got some theories as to why he didn't hit as well. Uh, so he gets 21 million dollars to be essentially a bench guy, which is what he was before 2017. Like that's like so he's conning the Minnesota Twins out of money because they thought, oh well, look, this guy's a pretty good hitter. Yeah. Well, oh, it turns out that he needs some help to be a pretty good hitter. Mm. His OPS plus before that season, uh, before the, the the cheating started, his career OPS plus uh, was 90. So he has the cheating season, and now since the cheating season, his OPS plus is 94. So like, <laughs> it, it, it feels pretty clear as to what the like the outlier season came like <laughs> when he was cheating. So it just the whole thing is uh, like. There's millions of dollars that have changed hands because of this. Yeah. There is legacies that have been altered because of this. Um, Aaron Judge's Hall of Fame case. Who knows what that's going to look like in a few years, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be a slam dunk. Who knows? Would it have been a better case if he had the 2017 MVP? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember saying about that MVP race at the time. It's one of those ones where I'm like, hey, whoever you want to vote for out of Judge and Altuve, I'm not going to be argumentative. Either of them are deserving. If As long as those two guys are one, two in some order on your ballot – yeah, I think yeah. you've got a reasonable ballot there. I remember I said I think I had Altuve one because uh, that's, that's, you got because well, he got stolen bases with it. Yeah. You got speed with him too. Yeah. I think, was and, and that's that's about where I was too. But yeah. like 
you know, the, the, the point is that uh, however you felt about that, whether it was Judge or Altuve, there was reasonable arguments on both sides. Great. Yeah. Um, looking back on that, though, and we can hear all the Carlos Correa sob stories about, well, Jose Altuve didn't use the trash can system. I don't give Horse a shit. shit. Horse shit. Let's, dude. Say, let's just say hypothetically that that might be true that Jose Altuve didn't use the trash can system, which, to be clear, I don't believe. But let's just pretend for a second that might be true. Mm -hmm. Was Jose Altuve's MVP case bolstered because he hit with runners in scoring position more frequently because of the trash can system? Yeah, I would say the answer to that is yes. Was Jose Altuve's MVP case bolstered because his baseball team won a lot of games? Yes, I would say that's absolutely the case. Was Jose Altuve's MVP case bolstered? Because, look, it's harder to pitch when there's a bunch of guys on base, right? It just is. So even if we pretend it's the truth that Jose Altuve never once had a trash can bang when he was hitting, I don't care. It obviously inflated his numbers. And that MVP race was close enough that if it inflated his numbers not that much, it would have made the difference. I think there are people that would have voted for Judge instead of him. So Aaron Judge gets robbed of an MVP because of this. So again, it's just it just impacts so much. And that doesn't even get into 2018 and 2019 seasons where the Astros were playoff teams in both seasons. They didn't win the World Series in either of them. But I have a very hard time believing that they were not using some sort of cheating system. Well, Major League Baseball says they're using a cheating system in 2018. I have a very hard time believing they weren't using it in 2019. Some sort of system. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that's uh, also gotten pretty bad for me on this is Rob Manfred coming out and saying he's going to come, he's going to crack down hard on people throwing at the Astros yeah, next year, yeah. which is just like, first off, bleep you, because these guys deserve to get a fastball in the ribs, every single one of them. In fact, I think most teams should put in like their, uh, like they're going to Oakland, I think, week one, yep. and that is going to be spectacular, and I hope they play that on a lot of uh, national channels up here in Canada. Like I hope Sportsnet picks up that one. Yeah, I want to uh, watch. I want to watch Mike Fire start against the Astros. Yeah, I'm... exactly. And and like, man, he, he it's oh yeah, the, like the Oakland teams are going to be relentless. It's it's fun to have a villain. They're one hundred percent going to be the villains this year. Uh, the God, just the the yeah, Manfred coming out and saying and like it's so bad because like for PR, if Rob Manfred's thing is like, I want to send a message. You don't go out there and say, you're going to crack down hard. You just go out there and say, listen, I realize everybody's pissed off. We're doing the best we can, but I just, I encourage people not to throw at the Astros because it's not going to help anything in the long run. Like you just say something to that ilk. And then that way you've at least addressed it, but you haven't looked like a petulant knob who's just gone out there and been like, eh, don't throw at the Astros because like, why would we punish them? Uh, And like, honestly, the Rob Manfred thing, it was, it was (laughs) insane because obviously we, we, you know, we have the debate about who the worst commissioner is in the big four <laughs> North America. Honestly, it's constantly after the last week. I don't know if we need to have debate anymore. I, yeah. Like I, tweeted I this. never thought that Roger Goodell's title would and, uh, ever yeah. be in question. And I tweeted that and I said, sure. I, or something along the, the ilk of like, I, like I tweeted this and I said, you know what? Where's Roger Goodell when you need him? And I, and I never thought I would say that in a million years. But Goodell would at least be like, hey, this is a horse shit. I'm going to do something about the Astros here. Like somebody on the Astros would be to blame and be punished, not just A.J. Hinch losing his job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and technically the league didn't even do that. The, the organization that is the, the Astros 
made that happen, and it was just like, ugh. But, like, I don't know. Like, say what you will about Cattell, and there's plenty to say, but he would at least have had, like, like some players on the app. Roger Adele suspended the most high-profile player in the history of the NFL for four games exactly. for letting some air out of a football. Mm-hmm. Like... Exactly. You don't think he's going to sell that Jose Altuve <laughs> down for 30 games? Yeah. Carlos Correa for 20? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, it's – it's yeah, he, he – yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, now, whether Rob... he was right to do that or not, I don't... Like, you know, we can get into that, I but... I 100% think he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I th- like, even if even if you don't, like, whether Roger had the guts to, yeah. you know, make a big move there, he obviously did, mm-hmm. and Rob Manfred didn't. And that's the thing, you know, Rob Manfred's going to use, not publicly, but privately use, uh, well, the union never gone for it as a crutch. Major yeah. League Baseball is a stronger union than, than the NFL. No, 100%, no not even close, yeah. But, like... At some point, you got to take a stand on something. So if you know if you if you want to if you want to say Jose Altuve, you're out for 81 games. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see you coming up in Half July. The season, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you in July, Jose. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, 14 and a half million dollars. Okay, let the union come after it. Let's let's mm-hmm. fight this out. You know, what we want to do it in a courtroom. Let's do it in a courtroom. Yeah. And then at the very least, like if you lose in a courtroom, you can at least say you can at least look the other players in Major League Baseball in the eye and say, hey, you know what? I tried. The union that you paid dues to bought a bunch of lawyers and made it so we lost. I tried to suspend these guys. If you're mad about the outcome, maybe you've got to talk to your union about that. Mm-hmm. So if you're Rob Manfred, you at least gave it a go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's worth the few million bucks you would have spent in court, I would say. So that the union, and I, this is the first I've actually talked this out, but from the union, oh, the union would never have a lot of perspective. Okay, let's make them fight it. And if you lose, yeah, you're out some money, but you at least get to say to the other players in Major League Baseball and the other fan bases in Major League Baseball, hey, we gave this a go. And if Mike Trout or Clayton Kershaw or Trevor Bauer or Cody Bellinger or pick a guy comes to you and you're Rob Manfred, and says, hey, I couldn't even suspend these guys. You, Rob Manfred, could say, hey, I gave it a go. You talked to your union about why those guys are still playing. Yeah. You talked to them. I, I did what I could. I lost in a courtroom, but I gave it a go. That's what so, I wonder. Is yeah. there, because like the, the, I think, like obviously the buzz on Twitter, and we've discussed this, you know, Bauer, Trout, Clevenger, Kershaw, et cetera, et cetera. These guys are extremely fucking pissed off. Like yeah, I, I they're wonder. They're still mad, and they, yeah. they, they have every right to be. And, and I there are guys who've never played the Houston Astros at anything and are mad. Yeah. Like guys that play, you know, I think Aaron Judge has every right to be furious about this. Yeah, and I, I like, wonder if, if in a union meeting, if these guys come up and 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 like I, I wish they would go after it because I'd be, I, I just want to see if the the actual players in the players union are like, we're not backing these guys, fuck them. Right? Yeah, like I'm just, I'm. And that may have been what happened, but yeah. Rob Manfred never even gave it a try. True. Yeah, Rob Manfred I, I would just be curious, gave yeah. these guys the immunity lifeline mm-hmm. before they even asked for it. And then you think about like uh, this was something that that happened up here that was very noticeable because uh, it, it happened to a, a relief pitcher that plays for the team that you and I cheer for, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. So this this was up here was uh, Mike Bolsinger mm-hmm. is trying to pursue legal action against this because he yep. fears. And now I don't I don't think that ultimately this will result in anything if I'm being honest, but he's trying to pursue legal action against them because they basically ended his career because he went out there. He basically pitched two games against the Astros and they, they decimated him. And 
Yeah, and at the time, I just chalked it up to, well, Blue Jays are on their, like, 23rd guy, 23rd arm. So, and and they're up against, you know, the best team in the league. What are you going to do? Sometimes this crap happens, but it turns out, yeah, that crap happens. Plus, they were cheating horribly all the time. So, ah, like, it's, fuck, is it ever irritating. And it's, like, it's also that... This team was the poster child for, like, here's how you rebuild a team without, you know, just being like the uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees and, and, yep. and fork over cash. It's like you, you if you tank for a few years and draft well, this could be you. It's what, if is you what they, yeah, if yeah. you look at the 2017 roster, basically everyone who mattered mm-hmm. was acquired as a homegrown player. So Altuve, Correa, Springer, all the way down. Keuchel. Uh, or uh, Verlander is the only other one that wasn't kind of a homegrown guy. Who's been suspiciously quiet, Mr. Twitterfinger. Yeah, weird, eh? That's bizarre. And Verlander, they got, like, he was picked up essentially as a distressed asset. Remember, people thought at the time he he wasn't worth what was left on the contract, and he was cooked. Turns out that was incorrect. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it just, uh, you know, Ken Giles was the guy they got in a trade from Philly, and that was a nice trade for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, it just it was mostly homegrown dudes or guys they like there was no big time free agent signings. No, like the guys swinging the sticks team. were the guys who who were their homegrown talent, right? And and it was just like Oh, McCann, McCann was a trade. True. And but again, it wasn't like a big money trade, it was just a trade. Guriel Integrity, Brian McCann. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, right? yeah, Mr. Play the game the right way. He hates he he's really against bat flips, but you know what he's in favor of yeah. is having a camera Cheating. film to catch your signs from center fucking field. Yeah. What um, a loser. Like yeah. try to fist fight jose fernandez what a douche yeah he sucks uh jose altuve uh free uh amateur free agent signing correa draft bregman draft springer draft Mm -hmm. reddick minor free agent signing beltran free agent signing the age of 40 it just wasn't guys that like you know they didn't go out and spend a ton of money there there was no uh hey yeah we're gonna go out and sign ironically they had this player but they got him by a trade uh we're gonna go out and sign uh garrett cole or whatever to 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 augment this team it was just all guys that they just were able to draft and acquire via trade because they had a bunch of young assets from when they were being bad on purpose for so long Mm. so yeah it just um and, like, who was more – and, like, this team was so lovable, too. They had, all like, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve. Those guys were cool yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Like, those guys were really good. so cool. Altuve's five foot Bregman nothing. is going on Twitter and owning uh, owning uh, Trevor Bauer on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah. When uh, Trevor Bauer takes a shot at him and Bregman responds – something about, you know, uh, being able to throw a ball or something, and Bregman responds, I guess when you're throwing the ball in the World Series, it goes a little bit differently. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, like, you're dunking on Trevor Bauer, so everyone's like, oh, cool. Oh. Like, oh, that guy sucks. Uh, it's all tainted. It's all tainted. Now, yeah, now the whole thing is tainted. Now they're, those guys all suck. And oh. And here's the thing. One thing Manfred was sort of right about, I don't think he's right enough, if that makes sense, but he said the public shaming is going to be the worst part. Which that's the, that falls in the same category to me as as uh, Anthopolis saying that the worst punishment uh, they could have received is is the loss of respect from Mike Trout, where it's true, but it's also not enough. Like, not even yeah, close. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But here's the thing. When people look back on the great teams in Major League Baseball, and people look back on the careers of the guys who are the big players in this team. This is going to get mentioned every time. And, and look, here's the other thing. And, and I'm, I tweeted about this the other day. Jose Altuve, as of right now, as we sit here, Hall of Fame track as a ball player, right? Absolutely. 
I, I, he doesn't have quite enough to get in at this point in his life. No, but he's got a lot. When the career There's is the, over, he'll have the yeah. numbers. When, yeah. when, when his career is over, unless he falls off a cliff at the age of 29 or well, he's 30 now, mm-hmm. but unless he falls off a cliff at the age of 30, when his career is over, he's going to have hall of fame caliber numbers. Mm-hmm. Will the baseball writers association of America let Jose Altuve into the hall? Absolutely, absolutely not. I'd absolutely say probably not. not. And you know what? I'm pro Bonds and I'm pro Clemens as far as let those guys into the Hall of Fame. I'm fine with yeah. that. I haven't been if I'm if I'm honest, but only because Bonds. The, both of those two particular names that you mentioned, their heads swelled up so goddamn much from the steroids. That's the thing that I just can't get past. Was just like, God, they were clearly juicing, right? Like both of them look like they like. You look at Bonds and like look at the clip from him in the movie fucking Rookie of the Year on Disney Plus available now uh like it like, and then Bonds in in 2002 and it literally looks like someone took a a syringe of water and injected him with water and he just inflated four sizes yes like the Grinch's heart true. it's ridiculous what i would say is that if you take Barry Bonds from 1989 through 1998 or Roger Clemens from 1984 through 1996 those are Hall of Fame careers right there. That's yeah. You know what? That's, you might be true. It's just that's my argument. Here's God. the thing, though. It does, they got the, so swole from the steroids. It's yes. ridiculous. For the purposes of this exercise, it doesn't yeah. necessarily matter. What I will say though is this: I don't see any scenario for Jose Altuve where you take out 2017 through 2019 mm-hmm. and think his numbers will still have Hall of Fame juice. Yeah. Because you're taking out his MVP, you're taking out his World Series, you're taking out uh, an eight-win-above-replacement season in 2017, you're taking out a five-win-above-replacement season in 2018. I just I, – I don't see it. I don't see how he's going to have Hall of Fame caliber numbers. Another interesting one is Carlos Beltran. Is he a Hall of Famer, yes or no? I don't know. Like, But he was on the line before. Now I see no way he's getting in based on yeah. that. No, that no that, chance. Yeah, he was a fringe guy, right? He, he was uh, like – he, he was a guy that was going to be an interesting case either way before all of this happened. Mm-hmm. Now it's done. Yeah. So, like, is if you, you say to Jose Otuva right now, again, baseball player on a Hall of Fame track, your punishment is the writers will never, ever let you in. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's something. Like, it's, it's something. You know, it's some, yeah. like, this is a punishment that probably only impacts Altuve. If you look at the rest of the guys on the team, like, True. Bregman's only 26, so, like, maybe it's a little bit different for him in a few years. But if you look at the rest of the guys on the team, there probably isn't anyone. Like, Springer hasn't been healthy enough. If you look at the rest of the guys in that roster, there just isn't anyone who are like, oh, yeah, that guy is not going to get in the Hall of Fame because of this. There's, there's no one who, even, even if you never found out about this stuff in your life, would have been in the Hall of Fame probably on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess actually an interesting question is Verlander. Yeah. Like, well, he, most like of his he's got the numbers no matter Detroit. what. Yeah. And he, he, he's got the numbers no matter what. And he didn't benefit from this other than he had a few more runs of for, from run support purposes. Yeah. His world and series ring, everyone will question, but I don't yeah. think Verlander's hall of fame numbers. Cause like, man, he I'm so wondering if, oh, if somebody, Detroit. if somebody keeps him out as punishment. Yeah, for sure. Because you could have done something about this and you didn't. Yeah, the baseball writers are also some of the pettiest bastards, like the, the guys with the Hall of Fame votes. So yeah, yeah, like my guess is you'll get like, you know, uh, Verlander will get in, but it'll be like Verlander had, you know, like seventy three percent of the votes, or like or whatever, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, right? when it like, should be ninety. Yeah, wait, yeah, when it should be ninety, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably it. Nonetheless, like uh, how there was the one guy this year who didn't vote for Derek Jeter, so Jeter wasn't unanimous, yeah. right? Did we ever find out who that was? No, we have not. Uh, I just always assumed it was some dude, it was some potato face writer who who was in Boston, right? It was just like, no, 
right. I remember one of the guys who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. I think there were three, and yeah. he wrote a column saying, "Hey, look, because of like all the stupid steroid stuff, there are ten, there are more than ten players who are worthy of getting in on this ballot. I know Griffey's getting in, so I'm voting for other people, which yeah. is like an entirely reasonable argument. Yeah, and it, that yeah. was not a that was not a reasonable argument for the Jeter thing. So I have no, no idea why. I, this yeah, is the absolutely case. not. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it's just it had to be a potato face writer in in Mass from Massachusetts who was just like. I think that's not, a pretty reasonable I'm bet. I'm not voting for. I'm not voting for Jeter. Yeah, because like, didn't Nolan Ryan also have one guy who didn't? Yeah, he had ninety. He had ninety-seven points. I mean, he had a couple. So, which, like, could you imagine being like, oh, no, that's not quite good enough for me. That, yeah, that had to be the same thing with Nolan Ryan, where it's like, well, Nolan's getting in, so I'm not going to waste my vote on him. I'll try Here's to the thing, get, though. Like, it wasn't. Cause remember, that was before the steroid backlog. True. So there was no way there were 10 guys in that ballot who were worthy, which yeah. is if you keep Clemens and Bonds on there forever, and, uh, you know, you have Martinez, you had Walker. There's a lot of guys on the Griffey that's ballot true. that, like, should have been in and, and did get in eventually that, that weren't elected. So, so that's just shameful. You're right. You know yeah. what? You twisted my mind on that. That's true. That's shameful. Like that the, the Griffey the for... circumstance was incredibly unique for Specific, a, yeah. Yeah. A, it has to be a guy that you know for sure is a no doubt slam dunk Hall of Famer. And if mm-hmm. there ever was one in our lifetimes, that's Ken yeah. Griffey. The yeah. only guy from that era who was not implicated in steroids yeah. and who also hit a shitload of home runs. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I will say. And I know that people talk about Bonds and Trout. I think Pete Ken Griffey Jr. is still the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and so cool, too. God. Yeah, like, let's not forget how so awesome cool. he was. So yeah. cool he was. But, like, but like, like, if you just factor in like everything yeah. a baseball player, she could literally do every single thing yeah. you want to do in a baseball field. Put it this way. He it's was in average like, for power. Anyway, they uh, made them the bad guys in the movie Little Big League, and you're watching that movie going like, I'm not cheering against fucking Ken Griffey Jr., and then yeah. he caught the ball. The first movie, sports movie I've ever seen in my life where the team you watch in the entire film doesn't actually win the thing that they're trying to win at the end of the game because Ken Griffey Jr. robbed a home Steals run. Steals a home run, yeah. It was so cool because yeah. fucking Ken Griffey Jr., of course. He goes up that. and he makes that catch and he's celebrating. Yeah. Like, oh, that's pretty awesome, actually. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, I feel bad for this little kid managing the yeah. twins, but, you know, what are you going to do? Got to yeah. learn to lose, too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh. Anyway, it was um, – it's a situation where – whatever the vote's going to wind up being on Altuve, I don't think he's going to get the 76% or whatever it is you need. So that's a long-term punishment for him, but I don't think there'll be one for anyone else. But that being said, you know, you talk about, like, let's look at the, you know, for us, the 92 or 93 Jays, you talk about those teams with such reverence, mm. you still watch the highlight videos, you do all that stuff, right? I can't wait till my daughter gets old enough that I can show her that World Series DVD and just be like, this is so cool, babe, you gotta understand. Look at the Jerry Curl on. Yeah. <laughs> on Juan Guzman. Yeah. Here's Tom Stoudemire telling the mayor of Philadelphia to kiss his ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best. There he is sliding into third. Oop, yeah. didn't go so well. Oh, uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, yeah, no, so awesome uh, but like so we had those championship videos forever we had those banners forever we look at them man that's awesome yeah whereas fans of the houston astros like they'll say different things publicly mm-hmm. but privately and when they're in their own heart of hearts and they'll know yeah they're not going to watch those videos the same way no they're not going to look at those banners the same way because they're going to know that hey everyone else thinks that we didn't earn this and deep down in their heart of hearts they're going to know they're probably right 
in the cockles so, of the of the hearts of the yeah. the, the Astros. And there are a few Astros fans who have chosen to dig their heels into the ground and be like, no, "Oh yeah, I've deal, I've, I've dealt me. with someone on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you don't know what happened. I'm like, well, I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I know like, enough. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, what are you in the OJ trial? Get out of here. <laughs> like, it's pretty clear what happened. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, God. that's the last thing the Astros need is, uh, is Alan Dershowitz to defend them. Uh, but yeah, it's it just so I, I understand that argument to a point. The argument that hey, public shame is gonna is gonna matter here, and and they're right, it's gonna matter. But the the point you made is well made, which is it, I'm not sure it matters enough, and you're probably right about that. Except for Altuve's case, that's right. the one. Yeah. Or I'm gonna say if it comes time for the Hall of Fame in 15 years. And he has the numbers, and he doesn't get voted in, which is entirely possible. In fact, probable. That's the one guy who's going to really feel this. Do you think they get chucked at in spring training, or do you, do they wait to the the pageantry of the? Uh... No, they're going to want as many people watching as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I just wonder if I'm like a double A guy looking to curry favor with. Yeah, team, actually, you know you what? Know? That's a, you know, that's a good. <laughs> point by you like someone who like uh, oh yeah you're suspended for three major league games i may not even play major league games so here exactly, you go <laughs> right yeah like You're like hey guys i'm a team player watch this yeah. ow yeah. <laughs> some guy like, like i'm trying to impress my i'm trying to impress these guys you know try to impress my manager make sure i can get called up like halfway through the season let me exactly. just take care of this and bah, all right right in the oh, ribs um God. someone's gonna do that oh, and, and you're right maybe maybe it's spring training maybe it's regular season like it might be a situation where like you know oh yeah anyone who hits an Astros player is gonna be thrown out of the game so someone's yeah. gonna like you know have an opener yeah plunk Altuve in the in the ribs and yeah, then like well yeah, it's a good thing we've got the starter sitting here ready to go anyway yeah, the 13th the game pitcher on the roster yeah. is suspiciously yeah. starting the game what we're just trying out that thing that Tampa Bay's been doing yeah. no. nothing to see here oh man can't believe that pitch got away from him and it uh, to Altuve in the ear right <laughs> like wait, yeah like <laughs> I don't know, and and guys have a right to be pissed off. I think I right to be pissed agree. off. So uh, I don't know if that's how you handle it, but someone's going to handle it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Let's. Uh, you want to move on? I'm 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 pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We I don't have. Uh, let's uh, let's do rapid fire and some other stuff. Yeah, I think I think we got I think we got uh, in there pretty significantly. Um, let's let's talk a little hockey. We haven't talked uh, NHL on this podcast in a while, and the first thing I think you and I need to do is. Um, issue an apology to uh, any of the listeners, and I know there were a few who uh, took our advice on on who to bet on the over unders for NHL win totals. Because wow, we were <laughs> we were way off. Good God in heaven. Let me let me list these off, and then and then we'll 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 talk about the Leafs and Abs. I think before we get here, here was our first one: Chicago Blackhawks under ninety and a half. That one's actually looking pretty good. Yeah, uh, as we got, sit here today, where are they at? They're at uh, 60 points in 60 games. So, yeah. yeah, feeling very good about that. So they would need so that uh, they need 30 point, 31 points in 22 games. Yeah, 31 points with 42 available. So they would have to go on a pretty significant heater in order to clip us there. Uh, next up, uh, one that is more or less dead as we squeak, uh, the New Jersey Devils. We were buying in to the offseason maneuvers of the New Jersey Devils. Um, we thought they'd be pretty good. We did warn ourselves that uh, the one way this could be not good for us is if the Devils were – if the goaltending sunk us. Well, it turns out <laughs> the whole team's pretty terrible. So uh, 
we had the Devils over 88 and a half. They are currently at 56 points with 21 games left, so they they'd have to go on now, an extreme heater, which uh, they yeah, are not going barely to not possible. Uh, no. What I will say this: you mentioned the, the, the hey, what if the goaltending sinks us? Uh, they're they're clocking at a cool 8.95 goal uh, uh, save percentage so far this year. So as much as there, there have been some things that have been not been great about this team, uh, the goaltending definitely did be was the thing that sunk us. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. But I mean, man, I I just couldn't believe how bad they were, and like like. You know, having to move Hall and and PK Subban with with his back all jacked up, and I hope that man's yeah. not cooked. I really don't, because like. I well, just... yeah, PK like you know PK just doesn't look anything at all like himself. No, and I and hope I, it's just his he, back. He's having and... skating. Yeah, I hope that a, an off season, a, an early summer for him will uh will will yeah, help right. with that. Assuming he doesn't get moved this year, but I, I don't think that you, I don't think that any team's gonna be willing to take on. What's I don't think left he on... can help any team. He's he, I like. Oh, he... that's that's true. Yeah, like I, I just hope, I I just hope this isn't the end of the road for him. Exactly. And, that's, that's and I just I want to see healthy PK again is is what I'd like to see. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the the Taylor Hall thing for me has just further further cemented me that that everybody who gave him uh, what should rightfully be Nathan McKinnon's Hart uh, Trophy from two years ago should just be fucking ashamed of themselves. Just like just like, I have an, a very hard time with that analysis. What an East Coast bias that was, Craig. I we were just talking about the 2017. American League MVP race. Yeah, I felt the exact same way about. Well, here's the here's the kicker for me, because at the time it was pretty much dead even between the yeah. the Colorado Avalanche uh, is Nathan McKinnon and uh, Taylor Hall of the New Jersey Devils at the time. Yeah. And both of them squeaked in with pretty much the exact same record. I think the Devils had a few more points. The numbers were pretty much identical. They both got into an 8 seed. They both were beaten in the first round by by a 1 seed, I believe. You can't them. you can't you can't take into account uh, Devils lost Tampa Bay. No, no. But you can't take the playoffs into account just because the voting has to be done before that. So but, the yeah. voting was so effing close and like like what we said with Altuve pretty much came down to he he was uh speeding around the base paths a little bit more although it's easier to get a jump on first base when you know uh, a off-speed pitch is coming um here's the kicker for me on that one if you're building a franchise if we're redoing the draft uh whatsoever and you're yeah but that's not what we're voting on though i i don't if if there's got to be a tiebreaker at some point it can't just be oh i watched more uh, Taylor Hall game. I think the tiebreaker was McKin- there were better players on McKinnon's team than Hall's. I think that was a tiebreaker most people went with. Is so, is is players one through twenty? Players two through twenty two on the Colorado roster are better than players two through twenty two in the injury. That I, I I think that's a, a fallacy. I think I think I think. Oh, I think no. A, I think it's absolutely true. Now you can no. argue as to whether or not that should be the tiebreaker. Uh, no. But I think it was absolutely true that Colorado had better players in their roster. Fair, but I I just there's no way it was such an East Coast bias thing to me. There's just no way the East Coast writers of Here's, who have more votes were watched more Colorado games than New Jersey games. There's I no way. I don't know if that's true and here's the other thing i'll say i think narrative matters a little bit Mm -hmm. and the fact that the edmonton oilers had just dumped that guy for nothing a summer ago true like that that kind of made like from the voters perspective like holy shit yeah why does that why does that uh, that narrative should only strengthen nathan mckinnon because his team thought enough of him to not trade him when things were well yeah but i just think from a perspective of people like the good story true but if you just look at the 2000 like it's yeah. it's it's almost dead even. Ninety seven oh, points for McKinnon, ninety three yeah. for Hall. Uh, I just, goals I think... exactly the same number. 
Uh, point, like if you go a little bit advanced stats, point shares exactly the same. Uh, defensive point shares exactly the same. Yeah, it, it, like, it was as tight a race as you could ever see. To right. That, so that's so, why I don't think that. Uh, and and the, here's the thing: the voting was incredibly tight too. But Hall got uh, 1,264 votes. McKinnon got 1,194 votes. If you talk like they're, they're, like they're placed on a few ballots with the side of this, Hall got 72 first place votes. McKinnon got 60. Yeah. Like I, I, like, I don't know. I just to like, me the tiebreaker should have been who would you rather build a franchise around? And I no. I I, no I don't think that's true. Fucking way you would pick Hall. I don't McKinnon. think that's true because okay, let's just say that the two best players in the NHL this year wind up being, and this is very possible, Alex Ovechkin and Connor McDavid. Yeah. Do you just give it to McDavid because you take him in a trade right now? Uh, I mean, that's obviously that's uh, yeah, you're, you're splitting hairs a little bit there. But I don't know uh, if I am because yeah, that's fine. I mean, like, I still think McKinnon should be the Hart Trophy winner this year. Like, I, I, and, and that I think you've got a pretty reasonable argument from there. where I'm sitting right now. That, like, I think I, you've got a very this, reasonable argument. Listening there. to this Leon Drysidle stuff is making me want to fucking puke in my mouth. I don't know, and he's got he, he's got like a 16 point lead of the next highest guy in the That's league. That's fine, but nobody mentioned his damn name in a heart until uh, until uh, fucking Connor McDavid went down, and so there's no way you would give Leon Drysidle a, a award over Mc, over. McDavid when they're both playing the same number of games and like the, the guy who, who who spent 50 some odd games playing alongside uh, the fact Connor, that the Connor team hasn't McDavid. gone into the tank with, like look I, I'm not saying Drysaddle should win all I'm saying yeah. is if a guy well, has just... 11 more points than the next highest scoring player in the league People are people are going to talk about whether he should win the Hart Trophy or not uh, you know I mean perhaps I'm like being that's a little bit that's too just harsh. always going to that's it's, always going to be the case. Yeah, it just made me sick a little bit that like nobody mentioned Drysidel as the Hart Trophy candidate until M- McDavid went down, and then yeah, he's had a couple of good games since M- uh, McDavid uh, went down, and perhaps they'll make the playoffs. But I mean, it's it's I, the, the fact that the, the fact that they've been good or at least reasonable yeah. since McDavid got hurt is probably what's going to put them in the playoffs. I just think with the Avalanche, uh, a revolving door of injuries this year which has continued mm-hmm. to this day because Kadri out calvert out grubauer yep. out uh and, and, and out yep. right like they, they i think have, mckinnon is, i think mckinnon's got a very good case they are 30 goals clear in terms of differential of every other team in the west every other team in the west the oilers have a six goal differential oh and, yeah and the abs 40 now that being said the oilers goaltending isn't very good and that's even in dry sidle or why they're and, they've yeah, been able those to guys don't that. stop the puck for sure right. for sure there are Which, other factors but to yeah me it's just uh, now like if you want to say mcdavid that, that mckinnon should win this year that's mm-hmm. fine i just like like i, I just the, think he should have been given it two years ago no, and i don't know it was i just it was a coin flip and it was a coin flip and Again, it's another ballot where if you, as long as you had McKinnon in the hall, one or two, I didn't care which order you put them in. I really, really didn't. Now, yeah, there were know. some guys that didn't have McKinnon in the hall, one or two, and those are some people I'd ask some very tough questions for, yeah. but uh, th- they, they were the ones who decided it. Hall had more first-place votes, so we won. But again, as long as McKinnon and Hall were one and two, I thought it was a completely reasonable ballot, no matter which order they were in. Yeah. And well, I when, still believe that to this day. When Hall's on his fourth team next year, we'll, we'll be... We'll, we'll, but again, we'll, if, we'll if, if, if it was a vote if if the vote was who's more likely to win an mvp again after the season taylor hall or nathan mckinnon if that was the vote i can yeah. promise you mckinnon would have won that's true that anyway, was the vote though it's who's had the best 2017 2018 season yeah i still think it was mckinnon but you're right it, it was virtually identical I, I just think hindsight being what it is 
Well, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think at the time, if someone, if you said to somebody at the time, hey, I think Nathan McKinnon's going to be a better player over the next two seasons than Taylor Hall, I don't think you would have found anyone who was even remotely surprised by that. Hmm. Weird. And they nearly wound up teammates this year. Uh, but, you know, that's how rumors get started. Uh, another pick that we had that we should be ashamed of, though, uh, much like the people who voted for Taylor Hall. Uh, uh <laughs> New York Islanders. We had their uh, under, Craig. Actually, this one's not dead. No, we're, uh, th- th- this and, and they've been playing pretty lousy lately. Yeah, like I, I'd say we're I'm, I'm not right I'm not ready, ready to write this bet off yet. I'd say we're 50-50. They, uh, they huh. need to get to 94, which means they have to play basically 500 uh, hockey the yeah. rest of the way. And I th- I could very much see them playing below that. Yeah. They've, They've got 23 row, games actually. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how it's tough though with the hockey. It's tough to to with with the the loser points and whatnot. It's tough to cash that one in on the over under bet um but yeah we we got a shot in this one we're, we're we're not dead in the water for this one um the new york rangers i guess we're not dead but i just don't see them collecting 22 points over the back half of the uh i think you're year. right because yeah. well chris Kreider is probably not gonna be on the team for the sure. uh, after the, the end of the next week so yeah that's uh there's that too yeah, they, yeah, we we had their over at uh, 88 and or, or them needing to hit 88, and they're at 66 right now with uh, 22 games left. So not impossible. Yeah, 500. But, but they're they're going to be the the team yeah. is going to be worse after to, after the next couple of days. Very that. un very unlikely. But it, it um they're in the uh, they're in the air. But yeah, uh, goaltending's been good though, and the gold the goalie like the good goalie Shkastrin ain't going anywhere. Traded for another one today, which. Yeah, they uh, they traded for Barube just because they're 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 keeping Chestrid in the NHL and they needed a guy to play for Hartford. That's all. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, we had uh, now we've entered the dregs, Craig. The San Jose Sharks over ninety four points. Uh, this one I I've, I think is going to be hard. Uh, this one's going to be dead. I think in like three more losses. If they if they play like three more games without scoring a point, I think this one's actually a complete. Well, this is just Wrong. like the, the the no effing way season for the whole franchise because yeah. just every single conceivable thing has gone badly. And weirdly, the goaltending was good for like half the season. Well, but just, yeah, now though, the numbers and like, yeah. everything's crashed way back to earth. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's been it's it's ugly. If you the average NHL save percentage like for all teams, all situations is uh, is is nine oh five. So that's not five on five. That that counts uh, power play, penalty kill, the whole thing. And uh, San Jose is sitting at cool eight ninety four. So, you know, the goalies are about 10% less likely to save a, uh, a shot uh, if you play for the Sharks than if you play for the average team. That's the average team as opposed to the good teams. I can't believe we haven't cashed this one yet. This was our sixth and final pick. Um, could happen, could not happen. I'd say it's about 50-50 right now, same as the Islanders one, with me leaning towards we're probably going to lose this. Uh, but the Winnipeg Jets who we were thinking might finish the season in the mid sixties. Yeah. Uh, currently find themselves with 67 points. Paul and, Maurice owes us some money, man. Yeah. And has 21 games left. So they've got, uh, they need to get to 96 in order to kill us. So they need 30 more points with 21 games left. So that's, I'm feeling pretty good about it. We're, but we're the fact that we have an already yeah. one is uh, yeah. a testament to how good they've been. And he's got to be coach of the year without, like any sort of well i don't know like because uh, like coach of the year is either we won a we either coach of the year is one of two things either we had so many points you got to give it to me or 
our team was supposed to be crappy and we weren't and we made the playoffs, which if you're talking about that, the candidates for, for those are the probably the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Winnipeg Jets, right? So it would be yep. either Torts or or Paul Maurice, right? As, as I think Mike Sullivan here. has a case. Yes, for sure. Just based for on sure. how banged up the Penguins have been this season, I think Mike Sullivan's got yep. a case. That's another one. But uh, Sullivan's will ultimately, the thing that will ultimately hurt, hurt him will be like, ah, you had Crosby. How hard is it to coach when you have Sidney yeah. Crosby? Yeah, you had Crosby and Malkin, and Crosby missed 12 games, and Malkin only missed a couple here or there. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the roster was injured all the time, but you had Crosby and Malkin for like yeah, 65 nights. You, yeah. you had Crosby and Malkin 65 times this year, so shut yeah. up. That's, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, that's probably it though, right? You'd say, you'd, you'd say Sullivan, Torts, and uh, Maurice are probably one, two, and three. And, I mean, like, I'm, uh, yeah, I think that's not on. In terms of like narrative, that that's probably the, the, the yeah. narrative top three. Uh, right? There might be some Travis Green conversation, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. Um, well, I think the Canucks. Ah, I mean, the Pacific Division is so. The Pacific Division's uh, garbage. It's it's yeah. garbage. Yeah, it's it's garbage. Um, I've got a hot take about your avalanche if you want to hear it. Throw it out there. Uh, the injuries, if they go in the tank here and let Winnipeg catch them, then all of a sudden oh, you Winnipeg's are. Winnipeg's not going to catch them. I know they're six points. I know they're six points back. No, Winnipeg's not going to catch them. The Avs. Now, no, you're I'll, I'll let you finish your hot is... take, but the, the Avs schedule is also extremely soft. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of the way, I think they have the easiest schedule in the league next. They got they got a lot of games against like the Ducks and the Kings left. But uh, although they, they lost to the Kings in the stadium series game. Uh, but the man who scored all three goals for that game uh, now plays for the Canucks. So there's that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I hijacked your point there. Please proceed. What would you rather your path to the Stanley Cup final be? Either Dallas or St. Louis, mm-hmm. then the other one, then whoever wins the Pacific. That's option A. Yeah. Option B is the Oilers, one of the Canucks or Golden Knights, then one of Dallas or St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, not bad. Considering, <laughs> if yeah, you let the Jets catch you. <laughs> yeah, it's this dumb system again, though, it's right? Where it's, where it's like, now the Avs theoretically could do that by also winning a bunch of games and still win, and taking the Central Division, right? Yes. And then yeah. they could do, That's true. They, could, true. they could get the path you're talking about, but also have home ice for yeah. all those series, right? True. So. So uh, there's that. Here's how dumb the system is, and I, I, I like doing this. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the 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 rankings for Western Conference teams are one Dallas, two St. Louis, three Colorado, four Edmonton, and then the rest of the matter for the purposes of exercise. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, uh, it's two uh, two versus three play in the first round. Yeah. So Which, the as a Leafs been... fan, I've had a couple of years of this. It's not. Yeah. And you, you know, not in a dissimilar position to the Leafs last year. Although the Leafs couldn't really catch Tampa Bay or Boston last year, but no, like, yeah. all right. Well, you're playing one of these teams, and you like you probably you probably had a pretty good idea that was going to be the case in like December. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, but yes, if in, in a just system, the Avalanche would play the, the Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs. Who they've readily embarrassed most yeah, of the no, time. They've got them, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and actually, uh, you also get Canucks versus Oilers in round one. If you're uh, so, if you're yeah. Rogers, you kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you would also have Leafs Bruins again in round one, which is not what anyone wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Uh, uh, the hot take I have for my Avalanche team is uh, this has been one of the best seasons uh, to watch. It's certainly been the best season in over a decade. Um, I think they they the playoff experience they got last year was uh, just so valuable 
uh, for these young to uh, to sophomore like uh, kids that they they have. Uh, Nazem Kadri has been a delight when he's been on the uh, on the ice for them. Uh, I they're just not. There's been regular season losses that have just been an indicator to me that this team is not quite ready to ascend. But that said, it's the damn playoffs, and who knows when you get there. I like the right. goaltending. I don't like all these rumors about, well, or I don't like people talking about how uh, the Avs, well, you know, they need depth goaltending. And I'm like, Grubauer is going to get healthy before the playoffs start. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. If he goes down and Francouz comes in, the way Francouz has played this year, Francouz is not going to be the reason they lose a playoff series. I'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you that much. So that's that's a fun thing to have. We talked about that league average, 9 of 5 save percentage. Colorado yes. sitting at a cool 9-11. Nothing wrong with that. Right? Yeah, and that's having like their fourth-string goaltender play two or three games this year when, when mm-hmm. Francouz got concussed and Gruber the groin thing. And then Werner, uh, I think, had to play a few games in because they had some back-to-backs. So the fourth-string mm-hmm. started a few and- games. And the numbers would indicate that the Avalanche are a pretty good offensive team, mm-hmm. but as far as like keeping your goaltenders not busy, they've been very, very good in their own zone. Yeah, and this is a team that will be adding Bo- Bowen Byram to the defensive yeah. court next year. And, and they've got uh, 51% of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, shot attempt chair, which I actually thought was going to be a little bit higher. Yeah. But uh, no, the numbers and th- this is all five on five, by the way, the numbers would yeah. tell that uh, this team is uh, is legitimately good. Yeah. As the power to- play has been weirdly terrible for them, which is why I was I was hoping they could uh, pull off a trade for like Kovalchuk. But Kovalchuk has played so well in the Habs. Uh, Bergevin would just be demanding way too much. So there's just no way. I think that I, and what a sign because they're going to get something for him. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal's done and they should know they're yeah. done. Bergevin's great at the he's been great in the last few years at the small stuff, yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah. It's the big stuff, but that said, because eventually you got to take a risk at some point, right? Uh, but I, I just don't think. It's well, time the, for here, the here's abs, here's here's what the they're facing abs, over the next right? few years. It's a problem. Yeah. Is uh, you've got eighteen million dollars in salary cap and Carey Price and Shea Weber, and that's and not that gonna get, that's not going to get better, you know. And you know that we saw those rumors of hey, maybe the Avalanche are scouting Carey Price. If Joe Sackett claimed Carey Price on waivers, yeah, that would be a horrific decision. Yeah, giving well, up. Like new hook, or a draft pick, or whatever for Carey Price, way way worse. Mm-hmm. But Carey Price has a negative value contract right now. Yeah, it's not been good for the last year and a half, and you can't spend ten million dollars on him in perpetuity. That's that's insane. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's there's nothing that the that the Avalanche have done, um, team management wise. Over the last two, three, four years, that would basically since to me Patrick that they would Wall do was that. fired. Yeah, the bad and decisions. They, uh, the bad decisions came to a, a mysterious end as soon as Patrick Wall left the Avalanche. Was that fired, just, and then that's and then the they brought in, or he yeah. quit, I guess, and they brought in an analytics group. Yeah. Right? They they hired that one kid off the internet who was doing. Uh, you know, the charts and whatnot for the yeah. Avalanche. They brought him in, and they brought in their analytics thing. They brought in Joe Sackick, and it was a little shaky in the first year um, for, for Joe as and company. As soon as he t- stopped having Patrick Waugh say, hey, let's do this. Yeah. And all of a sudden, things got better. So Exactly. That yeah. was funny how that worked out. Yeah. Um, so, Carey Price uh, owed $10.5 million per year 
yeah. 2026. And like I, I got, I got my my, my brother who's a, a little bit, uh, you know, he he kind of laughs at this sort of thing because he follows uh, Habs Reddit and just kind of laughs at the, the trades that they come up with. But I get my dad, who massive Habs fan, you know, messaging me every few days, going like, "So what do you think? You know, like, we, we, you know, we're gonna give you price and we're gonna get Byram, right?" And I just am like. There is not Dad, I will give thing. you this delicious doorstop, doorstop yeah. for your crummy old Danish. <laughs> it's perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I, I think you and I had a conversation where we basically came to the conclusion that there isn't a single asset on the Habs roster that they could give us that would be worth Bo and Byram, right? Like, no. Like, Mon- like, like Konkinemi, forget it. He's in the AHL, for God's sake. No, like, uh, like, Sa- like Sackick also spent two years, Craig, like that whole like GM group spent two years scheming. To get their best Matt Duchesne deal, they got it, and then Bowen Byram was the result of that. And you, like, there's just no way they're gonna move that when they're staring at a decade of Makar and and Byram, right? Like, no, it's, just, it's, it's it's crazy, and I, I don't think they will either. And yeah, there's there's nothing, and I'm looking at Montreal's cap friendly page literally right now, mm-hmm. and there is nothing, nothing on this page, including the draft picks, yeah, including the draft picks. That I would trade straight up for Bowen Byram, literally nothing. No, absolutely. It just not. it's 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 not there. Like uh, like like you, like and here's like you know I I made a joke about this on Twitter the other day, but like Brendan Gallagher like people are talking about hey where would this guy slide in with the Leafs get that slide with the Leafs uh the ha- like no one on like no one on the Habs would be the fourth best forward in the Leafs. No. Like, uh, like, like yeah, no Gallagher. The, Gallagher does. Gallagher's a nice that, player. I like Gallagher a lot. Yeah, and he does things that that your big three don't, right? In terms yeah. of the way he behaves in front of the net and and yeah. doing that sort of a thing. Like he's just a completely different player from from your big three there, yeah. right? Well, like, like yeah. would you trade him for any of William Nylander, John Tavares, no. Austin Matthews, or Mitch Marner? Absolutely not. No, maybe maybe Nylander in a I, in a, in a something, but like. Probably yeah. not, because based on the age between yeah. those two and stuff, it just doesn't make sense. But uh, Brendan Gallagher is a damn fine hockey player. Oh, I love I love Gallagher. He, yeah. he's, he's a star, but like the, the other guys are all stars, too. Uh, but the, like now that's someone mm-hmm. if Bergevin is looking to like really if Bergevin wants to make a difference, if he's all of a sudden available, mm-hmm. a, a team would be justified in giving up a lot to go get him. Yeah, only got him for two more years. Is Montreal going to be good next season? Probably not. Yeah, like I don't see how they become good. Like I don't. What, what's what's their path to being good next season? No, it's they they and got less, some less, nice pieces they, they, in they the have, pipeline, they have, but they, yeah, they they've got some, but like they don't have any stars in the pipeline though. No, there's well, not super duper. They got Suzuki and they've got uh, Kotkaniemi. Yeah, and Suzuki's all right. Suzuki's yeah. all right, but is Suzuki a, a first line center on a good no. team? Uh, I don't think so. Now, here's one thing that changes the the math for Montreal is, uh, and I'm just going to go to Tankathon right now and just sort of see where they are. Like but the if, Alexi, if Alexi Lafreniere is on their roster next season, mm-hmm. which as of right now, there's a small percentage of that. And mm-hmm. I can assure you that is I would just absolutely abhor that. That would be I would uh, be raising an eyebrow. Uh, if Lafreniere, the biggest uh, French-Canadian prospect in many a year, wound up on the Habs, who did not have high draft numbers, that would cause me to raise a Spocky and eyebrow for sure in terms of like, hmm, 
was this done uh you know like was was this done with uh fair game but i can't i just can't see six six percent chance of picking first from montreal yeah i can't uh, see i also can't see gary bettman pulling a david stern and being like you know what i gotta get the french guy in montreal otherwise we won't make money up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah we actually know they're gonna make money no matter what yeah Let's see what we can do about getting him in anaheim yeah, uh exactly. but yeah uh, but I just don't see how they're good next year. Even if they have yeah. Lafreniere, it doesn't matter. I don't see yeah. how they're good next year. No, the Habs need to be doing what the Senators are doing right now. Yeah, in, in my opinion, which is is trading off everything and getting assets, and then just uh, I, I think that you should, like not no, nothing on their roster is worth more than Gallagher. Like I, yeah. I they, like they're not having this conversation, and and maybe they should be. But uh, I will say the Marco Scandella piece of business the Bergevin did again, great at the small stuff. Yeah, Excellent at trading the small a fourth, stuff, Bergevin, trading a fourth yeah. for Scandella, and then getting a second and a fourth for him. Yeah, like a Jason Botterill is terrible at his job. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Oh, uh, oh. But B, that's like that's just really that's just really really that's nice work from. Yeah. From from uh, from Bergerman for sure, and yeah. you know I said at the time like a lot of people are killing him for the Domi and Galchenyuk thing. I said at the time like I actually kind of like getting four years of cost controlled Domi over two years of Galchenyuk, yeah. and that one has worked out very well for them too. Yeah, he's been the like Bergevin, It's the thing about him is he's great at the small stuff. He seems to get the short end of the stick whenever he tries to make a big deal, but then three years later, he's the king of the hindsight trade, like yeah. Shea Weber and, and Subban now. And uh, that's like Shea said, Weber like, for Subban, you know, he's retroactively won that one. And don't I, I still don't think that's true because fair, but I, the, the, only reason, the only reason I say that is because uh, P.K. Subban's contract didn't have those back-end years. Yeah. That, that you know, so knows, that, that's, yeah. that's done after two years. Whereas Shea Weber's contract uh, also goes until 2026. Yeah. Now he'll probably be. He'll me, probably be LT. I oh, know. I get it. I get what you're yeah. saying. And like, if you wanted to win a hockey game tomorrow, which of those two guys do you want? I'd probably take Weber too. And at this point in our lives, it's the first time in years I've been able to say that. But um, it's uh, that, that contract is still. Uh, it, it kind of hangs over them like a little bit of a, a problem sure. because you're paying Shea Weber at 42, 7.8 million on the cap, not in real dollars but on the cap. As hilarious as uh, Nick Kiprios reporting the demise of uh, of Shea Weber was, and I was glad to see that it wasn't true, but also uh, when I was looking at what the results would be for the uh, who is it, the Nashville Predators, <laughs> if he if he did actually have to retire. Oh. Boy, that would have been pretty hilarious. Because well, they would have had like $30 million cap hits or yep. something like that. Uh, no, for, for them to have a $24 million dead money, he's got to retire in the summer of 2025. Yeah. That being said, the other guys that we've seen LTIR retire over the years, mm-hmm. um, they haven't had contracts quite like this. Even Marion Hosa, he's on fake LTIR because um, he wants to retire and collect his million dollars a year. But he has to mm-hmm. show up in Arizona, do his fitness testing, all this stuff. Is it worth $3 million a year to Shea Weber from 2023 through 2026 to show up, do his physical, fail it, fake fail it, whatever it happens to be, and move along? Mm-hmm. Based on the fact that he's will have made $107 million on this contract alone, it may not be worth that to him and he may say you know what forget it and montreal will have zero cap recapture charges and nashville you're paying like eight million bucks a year that scenario is out there because here's the thing mm-hmm. usually uh, a team in that situation would be like hey don't retire because you don't want that cap recapture on us the canadians will say to Shea weber actually if you retired it would really help us out it <laughs> yeah. screws over nashville but i don't give a fuck 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Why would we care? Yeah. Because yeah. LTIR is not free money. It's, a, it's, a, it's an accounting headache. One that the Leafs are in right now still because of Dave Nonis' incompetence from six years ago. But uh, they get out of that purgatory this year. Nonetheless, um, it's, it's not free money. So not having that on your cap is still preferable to having it. That being said, if there's a lockout and a compliance buyout session, yeah, I would suspect that Weber and or Price and or both uh, might be uh, might be targets for that, depending on how the next couple of years go. They would also do that nonsense right now, where like because they do sometimes the this all the time in the the NHL, where it's like, well, we screwed this system up, so let's just ignore it. Because Nashville would go to Bettman and be like. Well, if we have this twenty, you know, this twenty million dollar cap hit or whatever it is for a guy who retired, we're not going to be able to field the team this year. And no. then we'd be like, "All right, well, we'll just waive it then, and you guys yeah, go about your business." I can, right? I can assure that's you're probably right. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, but I, w- I want to see the NHL go back on their own rules. Yeah. and I'll tell you, if they waive it, the people in Vancouver, justifiably, mm-hmm. who are staring at a three million dollar cap charge for Alberto Luongo, Luongo. yeah. yeah. Uh, the people in Vancouver justifiably would be enraged by that, and they would have every right to be. Every right to be. Uh, let's talk about your Leafs, and then we'll probably get out of here. How you feeling about them these days? They, as of they, us recording they, this, they just blitzed uh, the Pittsburgh. They literally Bulls. just pay, played their best game of the season, so pretty good. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. Here, here's the who, thing. Who would you rather face, the Lightning or the Bruins, though, in the first round? Because you're getting one of those two teams. Bruins. Oh, you want the Bruins, do you? Yeah. All right. Um, do you think the Leafs have it this year? It being what it takes to win a Stanley Cup in this scenario. Uh, in on from the roster from one to eighteen, this mm-hmm. is the best Leaf team of the last probably more than fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I would say the issue this year has been like and it's it's kind of ironic that years where the team's been terrible they've got great goaltending that have like that's like basically like made them pick in a worse spot in the draft this year they've had a fantastic team and all the possession they're, they're top five in every possession metric expected goals for all this stuff they're top five however they're also there there's like that weird new stat where it's like uh it's hockey's version of war from baseball but it's like a little bit different it's like like yeah. uh War in baseball is wins above replacement, meaning, uh, you know, if we replace you with just a, you know, a minor leaguer, how many wins is that going to cost us? The hockey one is something to do with, like, how many wins have you potentially lost due to injuries? And I think the Leafs are, like, fifth in the oh, league. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been banged up all year. They, they, the av- my team's four. Uh, like, well, the top five teams are all playoff teams because yep. it speaks to depth in the league. Because Pittsburgh's number one, obviously. Then the Bruins, they've missed. A, they've had a bunch of their fourth and fifth line or their third and fourth liners out. The Avalanche, like I mentioned, the revolving door. And the Leafs, you know, Riley Johansson's out. Yep. Uh, Tavares missed like a week or two. I think uh, Marner missed a week or two, and then and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, on down the line, and like significant names for the for the two teams that you and I cheer for. So, yeah, but... uh, and here's the other thing: if you're gonna have a team like the Leafs, where the you know the cap members are all, all tied up in a couple of guys, which they do, uh, you need to hit on a couple of cheap guys in order to be good. Yeah, and it's hard to hit on a few of them in a row. Mm-hmm. If the cheap guys you hit on also happen to be hurt, Ilya Mikheyev is an example. Yeah, that that makes it a lot harder. So yeah. it just uh, they've they've had a tough go, and plus their best defenseman hasn't played in two months. You so think he's, he's back in time for the playoffs. 
I think that depending on what's available to them at the trade deadline, they may pull a Patrick Kane from 2015. Mm-hmm. Whereas, remember, Patrick Kane was probably healthy enough to play in the regular season. But the yeah. Blackhawks are like, oh, you're on LTIR until the playoffs. Oh, what? look at all this delightful extra cap space we have at the deadline. Yeah. And the Leafs, like, the Leafs yeah, possibly won't like, do yeah. that. They won't do it from the perspective of they're not, like, for sure in the playoffs like the 2015 Blackhawks were, but it's an interesting conversation. So um, uh, we'll see how it goes. But I just, from from a neutral observer, you know I'm not a Leafs hater. I have no skin in the game. I cheer for the Avalanche. I have no uh, qualms about the Leafs. I see them two times a year, and I cheer against them the two times a year they face the Avalanche, and that's it. Uh, I, I don't think this is necessarily the year as a neutral observer, uh, for me, um, just cause I don't think, I think you're really vulnerable on the back end. Uh, and I think that'll, that'll, well, yeah. you know, that'll kill you when goals tighten up a little bit in the, uh, in the, and it's, it's kind the of the thing, same though, thing. I'm, this yeah. is the, uh, in the, the Matthews era, this is the best defense they've had. Yeah, that's. Now, does that mean that does it, like does that mean they're going to beat Boston or Tampa four out of seven times? I don't. I don't think know. So, yeah, but, I think like I think you could beat Florida four to seven times. Like, yeah, but that's not one of the, the options. Who would you be playing in the old system? Boston. Oh, okay, so that doesn't even prove my point at all. So. Yeah, right. Right now it's Tampa, old system, Boston. So yeah, and you're going to get either Boston or Tampa, and probably you're you're probably going to get Tampa, and Tampa kind of does everything that you do well, except slightly better. Um, but, uh, and, and I think like, you know, if you get Tampa in the first round, you're going to read a lot of columns in Toronto about, well, you know, the lightning, you know, they you know, were a juggernaut last year and they got swept by Columbus. Why couldn't the Leafs do it? The, if the Leafs, if the lightning are down or up three, nothing to the Leafs in the first period of game one, they're not taking their foot off the gas. Like they, like Columbus literally, like the lightning literally did the thing last year where they were like, we got up three, nothing, boy, this is easy. And then it happened. Uh, they won't be doing that again this year, is what I'll say. Like uh, one would think they've learned their lesson, but uh, that said, I don't think you're going to get embarrassed against the Lightning or anything like that. I just think it'll be you'll be in for yet another six to seven game series. Would be uh, would be my guess. That's probably where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, uh, Lightning lost four in a row last year, so who's... that's true. It's it's uh, it, it it will be. Man, they've only given up 159 goals this year. <laughs> How many teams have given up fewer goals than they? Let me just quickly check this. Uh, the Blue Jackets, weirdly enough. Uh, obviously, the Bruins. Uh, the Stars, but the Stars don't score a ton of goals, which is... Uh, God, the Stars play boring hockey, man. Uh, mm. Yeah, so it's like four teams basically haven't given it. It's like the... the the Bruins, the Penguins, and weirdly the Columbus Blue Jackets are the only teams who have who have allowed fewer goals than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. Yeah, strange. Very good, strange. Um, do you want to quickly say anything about your Toronto Raptors before we get out of here? This is the most fun I've had cheering for a sports team in my entire life. What gumption by those guys, eh? I, I, could, I, it's amazing the way they've basically been able to recreate uh, Kawhi Leonard in the aggregate. Um, now it'll be tough when the playoffs start and you. That like that's when you're really going to be like, boy, I missed that guy. <laughs> I think oh yeah. Like, yeah. Here's the thing: I don't think they're going to win the title this year. I think that no. they're. I think that um, only one team is winning the title this year. 
I don't know. I think there's three teams that can win the title this year. No, no. there is only one team that is winning the the NBA championship this year. It is the Los Angeles Lakers for several reasons. Um, One, when they take the court, they have the two best players in the game against all but two teams. Uh, One is the Los Angeles Clippers and the other is the Milwaukee Bucks. Those are the only two. Those are the only teams. Who, when they take the court, the Los Angeles Lakers don't have number one and number two in terms of best. I think that's fair. Yep. And also, I'm not saying that it's going to be a game six, uh, 2002 scenario in terms of the blatant uh, refereeing that will be in the Lakers' favor. Because a, I don't think they're going to need it. Because I think they're going to be fine when the playoffs start. But if a situation arises where maybe the Lakers aren't looking so good and they they are perhaps in spot I'm sure that the league will make sure that the referees not necessarily fix but massage it for the Lakers because to me there's just no way that they want anything other than the last image of this season to be LeBron James standing in the middle of that ugly ugly arena in that ugly uniform, holding up that ugly trophy, saying this one's for Kobe. Like they, 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 they. There's no way the NBA is going to allow anything other than that to happen. It, it, it will be LeBron James standing up, holding up the trophy, saying this one's for Kobe. That, that, that will be the, the, the image that exists, and they'll start making the 30 for 30 as soon as, as soon as that happens. I think that the Clippers are just simply a better team. The Clippers have almost as good as a record as the Lakers, and the Clippers aren't trying. Yeah, but isn't hasn't Paul George been like weirdly funky? Yeah, I don't think he's trying his hardest. All right, I mean, I think, I, I, I think they're totally coasting. I hope you're right. I just I just don't think. Now that, that being like, said, yeah, and I understand location was part of this and whatnot, mm-hmm. but if you look at this Clippers team and you look at the 2019-2020 Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. and you said, okay, so take Kawhi off the Clippers. Yeah. Which team has a better chance to win the title with Kawhi? It is easily and clearly and specifically the Raptors. Toronto Raptors, yeah. yeah it's, it's been crazy the way they've been, they've been yeah. able to recreate him in the aggregate. And like they had that, what was it, like 15 straight wins or something, which yep. in the in the NBA is, is tough. That's tough to do, man, because like, just the way it goes, you figure even you, you face some crappy team that's like 20 games below 500, they could just get hot and shoot threes for one yep. game and you lose. It's it's, it's the NBA that happens, man. Yep. Or, you, or you go cold, which is the game. Yeah, exactly. game they lost for the break. The Raptors just went ice cold. Nice that's cool, it. right? Yeah. Yep. yeah, you play another team that's pretty much your level, and one night you just you're clanking a bunch of shots, and it's just now the Raptors playing the Nets, who are not their level, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, the point stands though. It, it just happened yeah. in the league, and uh, in this case, it didn't. So, um, do you think the Raptors can make the finals? I think that of of the non-Milwaukee teams in the East, they have the yeah. best chance to beat Milwaukee. Yeah. I think I think the difference between uh, the Raptors and because I do think that will be the Eastern Conference Finals again is is uh, the Raptors and and the Bucks. I think the difference this time will be. Um, well, I can think of one very specific difference. Well, obviously, that, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the shit when the shit goes down in that series, you you won't have Kawhi because like remember you guys were down two nothing to the Bucks yep. last year and then Kawhi and played was like, double overtime in Game Three. Yeah, and remember Kawhi was like, well, enough of this, <laughs> and then that was it. I just I, I I think you won't have that guy in that series, and and it'll come down to the Bucks will just simply have. Uh, uh, Giannis and and that'll be it and then Giannis will play the Lakers in the finals and uh, he'll promptly get destroyed because he'll be eh, probably the second best player in the court. I, I are you picking him over Anthony Davis these days? Giannis? Yeah, I'm picking Giannis over everyone. 
Really? Okay. Yep. I'm still I not taking he's... him over LeBron. That's just like LeBron when when he's actually trying, and LeBron, which is try. most of this season. But yeah. no, I I still think Giannis is the like uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Gian, uh, and you're talking about impact on both ends of the floor. I still think Giannis is. Giannis, like you know, Kawhi at full strength, probably a little bit slightly better because Kawhi can mm -hmm. shoot better. But Giannis is. is I just think if it's, I just think if it's the finals and it's LeBron in a Lakers jersey and it's Giannis, I or or Giannis, um, it's gonna be LeBron for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, the inter- here's the interesting thing about the Bucks is that last year uh, Eric Bledsoe was a disaster against Toronto, and that's why they lost. Yes. They're gonna need someone else other than Giannis to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if they can get it. But. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to you on that one, Craig. I, I, I believe in your Raptors, but uh, I, I, like I said, I, I, I don't think it's going to matter for because I, I, there to me, I just I can't imagine they want any outcome other than the lake than lebron saying this one's for kobe and holding up that trophy and and, and honestly no, i don't care i got my i got my title last year fair uh, but it, yeah. like yeah I, I but like i i don't think that that's like look mm-hmm. i i think that what happened in that with with the the, the 20, 2000 uh 2002 Sacramento Kings, I think, is uh, is, is, is highly questionable, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the NBA is going to be brazen enough to do that again because they almost got caught for the last one. Yeah, I just – well, here's the thing. I don't think they'll have to – no, I yeah. don't think a situation will arise. Got the best chance anyway. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think a situation just, will arise. They're just... they're gonna have some. They're gonna have some guys yeah. that are gonna really go in the blender against mm-hmm. the best lineups for the Clippers and the uh, and the Bucks. As far as like, there like there's like, LeBron and Anthony Davis can only defend two guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, uh, th- th- like if. There's going to be some guys that just are going to really go in, like, because those are smart teams that have smart offenses that are going to really go in the blender there and yeah, see if they're able to survive. I don't remember who was saying it, but someone said that their best five was like, like the Lakers' best five in crunch time is obviously LeBron Davis, but then I think Avery Bradley was there. And yeah, I was like, Avery Bradley. Bradley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Kuzma, Bradley, Green. Yeah, I don't, Kuzma, I don't even yeah. think was in their five. He, I don't even oh, remember really. who it was. Yeah, LeBron, I, I don't. Point a lot this season. So. I, yeah, I don't remember the the lineup, but I I, I think because it was probably Simmons who was, I was probably listening to Bill Simmons. Most likely, I was listening to, uh, to Bill Simmons when they were talking about it, and uh, you know him and his NBA experts were basically saying like their their best five in crunch time does not include Kuzma, mm-hmm. and it but it includes like Avery. It's like Avery Bradley, and I'm like Avery Bradley, you gotta be shitting me. And like Dwight Howard, the fact that he's been giving them anything obviously makes me want to vomit in terror. He's been he's been really really good. I know, guy should have been out of the league, and and you know he gets on the Lakers and all of a sudden behaves himself. It's just it never ends with. Well, that. here's the thing though, like we've we've seen this throughout history. Yeah. Uh, like Dennis Rodman only behaved himself at one stop. Where who else is on the team? Yeah. You know, Jordan. like yeah. it, it, it like. Rod I'm not, I'm, with, uh, yeah, Rod Artest, another good yeah. example. Like yeah. you know, sometimes guys are on their best behavior if they've got like you know, a super hall of famer on the roster with them. Yeah. 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 It's true. Still makes me, I like Dwight Howard also, uh, like didn't do it with Kobe. <laughs> like yeah. Earlier that's in his a good career, point. Which that's is why I was point. like, well, this isn't going to work because it didn't work before. Why would it work this time? And then it did work this time. And I'm just like, maybe it's because uh, LeBron's significantly better than Kobe. Yeah, it's true. This is why I don't, uh, that's true. And that's, but this is why I quit watching basketball crap like that. <laughs> right. So, 
Uh, anyway, well, we're we've been going pretty long, so we better yeah. get out of here. I don't want to keep you any any longer than I need to. So uh, that said, uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. You can also find us on Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify now. So please check us out on those platforms. Um, last time we were on, we did our Birds of Prey review. Please check that out and please go see that movie because it's very good and I want to see the movie starring the four ladies, the four or five ladies uh, succeed because they actually gave us a good one this time. So I, I would like to see that movie make some more coin. Uh, Craig Needles, um, you will be back in a few weeks because we are going to have to do our annual baseball over under pod which is oh God, always one of my favorite pods uh, that we do, and it's quickly coming up, man, because baseball starts at the end of March instead of April this year. So, uh, uh, quick turnaround for us there. We'll probably also, uh, well, I guess we'll do the baseball one before, and then uh, obviously we'll come on once we actually know who's in the NHL playoffs. Um, so yeah, you'll be you'll be back around. And uh, this year we also have the caveat on our baseball over unders pod is we are going to steal um, the segment, liberally steal uh, the concept of putting together the Mr. Burns lineup for uh, for our podcast for as far as baseball because uh, we're, we're, we're taking that from the uh, the horrible horrible person who used to do that online and will no longer be doing that online because they're a terrible person but uh, we are going to liberally steal that and uh, and and make the Mr. Burns lineup on the podcast next time um, it was great talking to you again Craig and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time on the crossover podcast crossover.